0: Ben Mullen covers the media business. And last year, he scored a big
1: interview. About a year ago, I met Jeffrey Katzenberg for the first time at the Cannes Festival. I was going to be interviewing Jeffrey on stage at the Wall Street Journal's house, which was on the water. It's the fanciest I've ever felt in my life, to be honest. (laughs) Like, I'm a print reporter, so I don't normally do this kind of thing.
0: Jeffrey Katzenberg is a power broker in Hollywood. He ran Disney Studios during the era of Aladdin and The Little Mermaid. He also co-founded DreamWorks Movie Studio. If you've seen Kung Fu Panda or Shrek or Madagascar, you can thank Katzenberg. But Ben wasn't at con to talk about The Little Mermaid. He was there to talk about Katzenberg's newest venture, Quibi. Quibi was still in development, but Katzenberg was pitching it as a new innovative streaming platform for highly produced short videos you could watch on your phone.
1: If we're right, and I continue to believe we will be very right in this, this will be the next big growth opportunity for the entire media enterprise of Hollywood. Jeffrey is famously a bold executive, this guy who knows exactly what he wants and is very confident and makes no bones about his confidence. And I remember asking what I thought were you know, good questions at the time about like, you know, you have a lot of competition and what about Netflix? If Quibi proves as successful, if the short form format proves as successful um, as you're betting on, what is to stop these companies from just doing what you're doing, but with more capital and with more scale? And I remember he could not have been more confident in what he was launching. So we are delivering in every day on Quibi, 26 pieces of original content, over 7,000 pieces in year one. Now I can tell you, if you took any two of those companies and put them together, they don't have the capacity to do what we're doing. There's a famous expression in the media and entertainment world, like you don't bet against Jeffrey Katzenberg. And sitting next to him at that moment, I have to say, I understand completely what people mean when they say that, because he has such a force of personality.
0: That idea, don't bet against Jeffrey Katzenberg, has a little less shine this week. Because the platform that Katzenberg was promoting that day in Cannes just announced it would be shutting down. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, October 23rd. Coming up on the show... The quick rise and even quicker fall of Quibi.
1: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Quibi set out to create an entirely new streaming format meant to be watched on your phone. Quibi stands for Quick Bytes. It was an idea Katzenberg first dreamed up a couple years ago.
1: Jeffrey Katzenberg said he got the idea for Quibi in part by reading the novels of Dan Brown, like The Da Vinci Code. And he noticed that the novel was told in these short chapters that kept people really engaged in the content. You know, it was such a page-turner. And he thought, well, why not apply that to streaming entertainment?
0: And how did that idea translate into Quibi?
1: Quibi is mostly an app that you use to watch movies starring Hollywood talent told over a series of short, concise chapters.
0: Can you describe some of the shows that were on this app?
1: Yes, absolutely. When I was first subscribing to Quibi, my favorite show was Most Dangerous Game, which was a show that had Christoph Waltz of Inglorious Bastards fame Academy Award winner And also had uh, Liam Hemsworth. And it was a take on the old short story, The Most Dangerous Game, which is about um, people hunting other people. The sport in its purest form, a hunt to kill. They also had the show with Anna Kendrick. It was a romantic comedy where Anna Kendrick was talking to her boyfriend's sex doll, who is also alive. But I have news for you, babe. We're all sex dolls until we topple the patriarchy. There were shows like Murder House Flip. It was kind of like HGTV meets Cold Case Files, where they would go to a house where murders had been committed.
0: This man killed his wife
1: right here where my husband is sitting. And they would kind of like go over the grisly history of the house, and then they would renovate the house. I have to admit, I found it very entertaining as I'm a fan of both Cold Case Files and HGTV.
0: But years before there were 10-minute shows about sex dolls,
1: there was just Katzenberg and his elevator pitch. The initial pitch for Quibi, the pitch to investors, the pitch to consumers, was people are interested in watching video on their phones. People are interested in short-form content. People are doing a lot of things throughout the day, like commuting, for example. And so if you think about it that way, you could see that there might be a big niche for a company that's aimed at serving people who watch videos on their phone— and who have the capacity to stream movies. As Katzenberg
0: tried to build this concept into a company, he brought on a heavy hitter from the business world,
1: former CEO of eBay and Hewlett-Packard, Meg Whitman. Meg Whitman is one of the most recognizable leaders in corporate America, whereas Jeffrey is sort of this more freewheeling, creative spirit. Meg is a very buttoned-up and efficient corporate leader. We're actually trying to bring the best of Hollywood and Silicon
0: Valley together to launch a new entertainment platform that delivers
1: content in quick bites. And we said that's. And what did she bring to Quibi? Meg brought tech know how. I mean, a big part of developing a streaming service is it has to, you know, stream. <laughs> and so she was involved in making sure the product was good, recruiting tech and product talent, and oversaw really most of the business operations that weren't the creative side of the business. In those early
0: stages, when the app was still under development and they were still working out deals with content creators, Whitman also brought something else to the table. She knew a lot of people with a lot of money.
1: Within a year of Meg Whitman joining Quibi, the company raised a ton of money. They said that they'd raised about a billion dollars from a ton of major companies So that was where they started from. They had this plan, they had this vision, and they had a lot of capital to work with.
0: How unusual is it for a company like this to start with that much money?
1: It's really unusual for an early-stage media company to raise $1 billion for one of its earlier rounds. I mean, it's almost unprecedented.
0: And what did that tell you?
1: The familiar refrain kept echoing across Twitter and across conversations that I was having with media executives, don't bet against Jeffrey Katzenberg. But there were some people who raised questions about whether his vision was gonna work. There were a lot of smart people who said it was a terrible idea, and why was everyone throwing good money after a bad idea? One of the things that contributed to the doubt
0: Quibi was one of a ton of streaming services being launched. Disney Plus launched in 2019. HBO, NBC Universal, and Apple were starting new streaming services. And each of those services came with an edge, a built-in user base, or a brand people had heard of, or a deep library of content. Quibi had none of those things. But Katzenberg was
1: confident. He insisted that they were doing something different and that The added interest in streaming created by a lot of these other companies was going to drive greater adoption of streaming generally.
0: So the fact that there were all these streaming services launching meant that the marketplace was growing and there was room for everybody.
1: Yeah, a rising tide lifts all boats. When did Quibi's app launch? April 6th, 2020.
0: April 6th. I mean, I think I think we interviewed on this show, Fauci, the next day. April 6th was when the pandemic was peak. It had shut down the country. Why did Katzenberg and Whitman go through with the launch at that time?
1: Well, they'd already spent a lot of money marketing the service and developing content for the service. So there were already a lot of costs that they'd incurred. And so I think their perspective was, We've already paid for all this stuff. Why don't we launch it now and see what consumer appetite is?
0: How did the rollout go?
1: It did not go well.
0: Coming up after the break, Quibi's problems start piling up. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. When Quibi launched, the company had raised $1.75 billion. It had splashy ads all over TV. And the hope was that people would sign up for a free trial and eventually subscribe for $4.99 a month. But in the first few weeks, it was clear that plan was not
1: working. They did not get anywhere close to the number of subscribers they thought they were going to get. And you could see this from early returns from analytics firms like Sensor Tower. People just weren't downloading the app and the numbers that they would need to hit their subscriber targets. And then the other side of that is the people who did download it, not enough of them were converting to actual subscribers. In interviews at the time, Katzenberg blamed the pandemic. One of the points that Katzenberg made was we designed our stuff for on-the-go users and people just aren't on the go. They're all at home because of the coronavirus pandemic.
0: But at this time, there was another short-form video service TikTok, which was taking off.
1: Yes. Many people pointed this out to me. Executives who I spoke to said TikTok is going gangbusters with basically free content, user-generated content, and growing its base enormously during a pandemic, whereas Quibi is not getting anywhere close to the subscribers they thought they were going to get at the same time. And that fact kind of belied Jeffrey Katzenberg's argument that the pandemic was one of the big things that were hurting them because Netflix added a bunch of users during the beating of the pandemic and TikTok also was blowing up during the pandemic.
0: In the weeks after its lackluster launch, Quibi's problems continued.
1: A lot of high-profile executives left. And not to, you know, pile on here, but also they had struck these big ad deals with blue-chip advertisers like Pepsi and Taco Bell and, you know, Anheuser-Busch. And when people weren't watching the content and the numbers that those advertisers expected, the advertisers then were pushing to defer some of their payments or have their deals renegotiated. So Quibi had a ton of problems, you know, within just a few months of the service launching.
0: In the face of those challenges, Katzenberg and Whitman tried to right the ship and shore up the company's finances.
1: They realized, I think, that they needed to conserve cash if they were going to make this thing work. There were executive pay cuts, and they started using more freelancers.
0: But these cost-cutting measures weren't enough. They looked into selling the company,
1: but couldn't find a buyer. They were out of moves. Although they had hundreds of millions of dollars of cash on hand, if they were really going to make this thing work, they would need to raise a lot more money and... They decided that rather than having that difficult fundraising conversation with their investors, that they were going to shut the company down, lay its employees off, and return a bunch of that capital, about $350 million or so, to their initial investors.
0: Just six months after launching one of the most well-funded media startups ever, Katzenberg & Whitman had spent hundreds of millions of dollars, and the company was still shutting down. This week, Katzenberg and Whitman called an all-staff meeting.
1: Everyone who I've spoke with has told me that this was a really emotional meeting, that Katzenberg was emotional and even cried a little bit and took responsibility for what happened to the company. And several people I spoke with also told me that Katzenberg referenced this song, which was uh, sung by Anna Kendrick on the soundtrack for the movie Trolls and is a song that is all about perseverance and when things don't go your way dusting yourself off and being brave get back up again
0: and you wouldn't be able to sing that song for us would you
1: <laughs> i think it's better for everyone listening that i not sing that song well
0: if you hum a little bit of it it would make it a lot easier
1: <laughs> looking up at a sunny sky so shiny and blue and there's a butterfly well, these lyrics are really upbeat it's all about dusting yourself off. I'm trying to find my favorite. I love this lyric, Uh, cool as a peppermint. I'm marching along, I got confidence. I'm cooler than a pack of peppermints. So this was one of the things that Katzenberg was telling people to cheer them up a little bit. As they were getting the news that the company was shutting down and they were being laid off. People at the company have told me that Jeffrey is focused on paying employees severance, and helping them find their next gig. But there are a lot of people who joined the company hoping that it would be the next big thing, and that is certainly not the case. Katzenberg and Whitman
0: also wrote a letter explaining their decision to shut down. They blamed Quibi's failure on the pandemic, but also said the idea of a short-form, standalone streaming service may have been flawed. Ben says the tale of Quibi demonstrates that Even with a creative visionary, a deep Rolodex, and tons of cash, it's an uphill battle to be a new player in the streaming wars.
1: It's tough because the streaming business is dominated by players that have access to billions of dollars in capital, lots of talent, and already have built-in audiences for their products, you know, like... NBCU has this deep library and they have a television network, which is watched by millions of people. Netflix has millions of subscribers and they have a deep library.
0: What does it say about the Hollywood adage of don't bet against Jeffrey Katzenberg?
1: So you had a lot of schadenfreude from people who said this would never work. In this case, people who bet against Jeffrey Katzenberg, if there was a market, would have made a lot of money. The haters and the doubters in this case were proven 100% right. And then you had people who were a little more empathetic who said, man, that's a lot of people have been laid off. That's a lot of money that got lit on fire. This is bad news for everyone involved. You know, I think in Quibi's defense, I mean, you don't make a dent in the universe without trying to run an audacious business. And say what you will about the failings of the company, At least they tried to do something new on a big scale, on a really grand scale. There is that.
0: On a really big scale. Hundreds of millions of dollars.
1: Yeah. They tried to do something new to the tune of $1.75 billion. And sometimes that doesn't work out.
0: That's all for today, Friday, October 23rd. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Ryan Knutson and me, Kate Leimlaw. The show is made by Catherine Brewer, Gerard Cole, Pia Godkari, Annie Minoff, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Nevetsky, Enrique Perez, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Annie Rose Strasser, and Rob Zipko. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner and Nathan Singapak. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Peter Leonard, Emma Munger, So Wiley, and Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Caitlin O'Keefe. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.